The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, hey there, Chadville. It's Jalen Nye back in uh, this big seat once again. Andrew now on holidays for a couple of weeks. Hope you've had a great past week. Was out in uh, Tofino enjoying uh, all that is beautiful out there on the island. Hope, uh, again, you had a, had a great week as well. Great to be back. Always great to uh, get home and get back at it uh, once again. On the show today, uh, it is Monday, so it is time for The Hoot. We'll be talking about the GDP. We'll be talking about uh, the Canadian dollar sitting at about 80 cents right now, what that means uh, for this country, what this means for you as well. We'll be talking to Jody Emery, uh, Canada's Princess of Pot. We'll talk to her at three o'clock. She was in court today. Also find out, uh, you know, her thoughts on uh, the premiers, the provincial premiers, um, you know, wanting more information. And, and, and they had talked to uh, tossed around the idea of possibly pushing the federal government for a delay in the uh, implementation of that uh, marijuana, um, legalizing marijuana next year. But of course today, we want to start with this and we will touch on it throughout the day. You've been hearing about it... Well, all morning, all afternoon on 6.30, Ched. It's, it's a sad day in Edmonton's history. It's been 30 years since Black Friday, that day when an F4 tornado ripped through East Edmonton and Strathcona County. In its wake, 27 lives were lost, a 37-kilometer trail of destruction. 15 people died at the Evergreen Mobile Home Park, 12 more along Refinery Row. Um, Keep sharing your memories with us today. We've been asking you to do that throughout the day. We'll read them. We'll get to them throughout the afternoon. You can text me at 630-630. You can give me a shout as well at 4960063. And one of those that we've asked to share their memories of that day is Edmonton Fire Chief Ken Block, who was working that day, and he joins us now. Chief Block, welcome to the show. It's been a while. Uh, Good afternoon, Jay Lynn. Now, you had just been on the job, what, what, seven years or so when this happened. Can you go back in time for us, Chief, and, and give us your initial thoughts of when you responded and, and what you saw? By all means, uh, perhaps before I do that, Jay Lynn, I, uh, you know, as we reflect uh, back to the event 30 years ago, one can't help but, you know, think of the, the families uh, that were affected, <clears throat> the families of the, of the 27 uh, mm-hmm. victims. So I, I certainly want to pass along, uh, you know, our thoughts to uh, any of those folks that, that are listening today. Yeah, well said. And and I know that some of those folks don't want to talk about it. They don't want to reflect. But as Bob Layton said in his editorial comment today, I think for a lot of us, we want those folks to know that we haven't forgotten uh, that day and what they went through. So you were, again, let's go back, uh, how many years on the job? What happened that day? What do you remember, Chief? Yeah, so I, I was in my seventh year uh, 30 years ago. And uh, what I remember, Jay Lynn, uh, is I had worked the, the night before. And so, you know, I was uh, just beginning a day off. I uh, was actually doing a, a little bit of uh, uh, personal business and, you know, certainly was watching the sky and seeing some very remarkable things uh, taking shape. And uh, uh, coming out of a store, I was listening to the radio. Of course, these, uh, this uh, predated any cell cellular mm-hmm. uh, devices. Uh, listened to the radio, heard that uh, a tornado had touched down and that all uh, emergency responders were being requested to, you know, report to their uh, work sites. 
and so I immediately did that. So when you got to your work site, I'm guessing that meant the fire station that you were you were out of. Yes, that's right. Okay, so when you got there, what what were the first calls coming in? I mean, I, you know, did did they have the scanners then, like they have now? Um, and what were you hearing on them? No, so you know, quite a different communication system, Jaylen. And as uh, as fate would have it, we had just initiated our dangerous goods response team. And so uh, we'd only been put into service about two months prior uh, to the the tornado event. Mm. And so, uh, you know, as I responded to the station, the uh, uh, crew that was on duty was out, of course, responding to events. And uh, we we put together whatever equipment we could find into a secondary unit. And we were dispatched uh, dispatched to the southeast uh, industrial Mm -hmm. area of Edmonton uh, along 34th Street. Uh, just north of the White Mud Freeway and, and uh, just south, but in the same vicinity of, of the Nault Lumber uh, mm. location. Yeah. And I suspect uh, you had never seen anything like that before and probably haven't since. No, the scope and scale of it was uh, mind, mind-boggling, actually. And, uh, you know, a person would see images like this on the news from Texas or Oklahoma in Tornado Alley uh, previous to this. And uh, you know, to be on scene and see this firsthand was quite remarkable. You know, Chief, just popped into my, my mind now, there's a lot of things that have changed. And of course, you know, you talk about the communications, but we also talk about um, debriefing um, emergency responders after a, a traumatic event, after a huge event, like something like this. And I know that the fire department has done a huge amount of work in making sure that those uh, briefings are done, that um, any any member that needs some help dealing with a, a, a traumatic incident gets it. And I'm guessing 30 years ago, um, that wasn't that wasn't the case. Um, what happened? How did you, as as a firefighter, young firefighter, and, you, and your colleagues, deal with with what you saw and what you were going through in the days and the months afterwards? You know, it, it's a matter of uh, you you deal with it individually. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, the dark humor mm-hmm. uh, plays a role, and and really, uh, it was uh, the culture of the day just to suck it up and yeah. and move forward. Don't yeah. dwell on it, right? Yeah, probably go have a few beers and then just try to to, to wash it away. Um, your thoughts in in the days afterwards? We know that uh, Mayor De- Decor at the time had talked about um, you know how the the city of Edmonton came together and how this this term the city of champions was coined um, really uh, as a result of how Edmontonians came together in the days after the tornado and in those moments. What do you remember about about that? About how people came together and to to help and to show support. Well, you know, Edmontonians are so resilient. And, you know, when when pressed in a horrific event like this, people really do come together. And, uh, you know, my memories are certainly of that collaboration. Uh, You know, we didn't have an emergency uh, plan, so to speak. Mm -hmm. There was no Office of Emergency Management. This was just uh, people seeing a need and and filling, uh, you know, filling that need as they could. Uh, albeit under-equipped, and mm-hmm. uh, you talked about the lack of communication. 
but at the end of the day, you, you got the job done. And, uh, you know, certainly that resonates with me. We live in a very special city. <laughs> and we see it time and time again, don't we? Um, the Office of Emergency Management, that was established in 2002. What does it do, Chief? And, and how is it set up? How would we be better set up now, the city, to handle something like this compared to 30 years ago? Well, when an event like this occurs, uh, the Office uh, of Emergency Management uh, sets up an emergency operations center, Jalen. And, you know, at the center, we'll have uh, all of the internal agencies, external agencies uh, come together. It's a bit of a command post. And, uh, you know, any of the resources that are required to uh, connect and collaborate, uh, you know, it's they're all together in one room. And it's a huge step forward. There's also an awful lot of work that goes into emergency planning. So desktop exercises, uh, the equipment has improved so, so much. Uh, The capacity of the city is much greater to handle an event like this now. Uh, Not to say that it, you know, it still wouldn't be really significant, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we, we have come a, a long way. Edmonton Fire Chief Ken Block joining us on this, the 30th uh, anniversary of Black Friday, just sharing some of his thoughts about that day. He was on the scene that day. Um, when we talk about emergency preparedness, um, I think a lot of us don't think about it very often. Maybe we don't have an escape plan in our house if there's a fire. We wouldn't know what to do if there was uh, a tornado. Maybe in Edmonton, you know, that would be different because this city has gone through this. But this is always a very good reminder to set those plans in place. What do you tell folks listening right now, Chief, about that and the importance of making the plan? Well, it is really, really important. Uh so, you know, the, there's this notion of, of uh, being uh, self-sufficient for up to 72 hours. So what that requires, of course, is having uh, lots of fresh water on hand, you know, uh, uh, making sure that if anyone in your home uh, is dependent on medication, that, you know, you know where that's at and, and you've got a, a good supply of medication. Uh, just whatever uh, the immediate needs are to get you through that first uh, 24, 48, 72 hours, mm-hmm. you know, until uh, until emergency responders can uh, uh, get to you and, and ensure that you're okay. And it doesn't need to be something as catastrophic as a tornado. Uh, you know, even a power outage in the winter here, uh, it makes us all very, very vulnerable. So uh, we all need to have that top of mind. Absolutely. Edmonton Fire Chief Ken Block joining us this afternoon. Chief Block, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate it. Always good talking to you. Likewise, Jalen. Thank you. Take care now. It's 2.16 on the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News. Sharing your memories today of Black Friday, 30 years ago uh, since that F4 tornado ripped through East Edmonton, Strathcona County, as we know. We've talked about it throughout the day. Evergreen Mobile Home Park. Um, the, the, the 15 people who died at the Mobile Home Park. Um, the 12 more who died along Refinery Row. Um, if you want to, 496-0063, give me a shout. Let's chat, or you can text me at 630-630. We are going to take a quick break here. Patrick, hold the line. We'll get your phone call right after this. It's Jay Lynn flying solo today. Andrew will be back in a couple of weeks. Today we're taking time to reflect back on that sad day in Edmonton's history. 30 years since Black Friday when that F4 tornado uh, tore through parts of uh, East Edmonton and Strathcona County. 
27 people uh, lost their lives that day. The impact on families to this day still being felt in different stories. You can read uh, about them online, whether at Global News or right at here at 630Ched.com on the 630Ched Facebook page. Some of your um, your comments saying, I remember this day well. I was at the outdoor water park with my dad, my brother and a friend of ours. So the weather turned so quickly out of the blue. It started getting really windy. The clouds turned green and purple. They started rotating. We weren't allowed to leave until we were told we could. It was a really, really scary day. I was in Ontario uh, in 1987, 17 years old, and um, don't have any recollections of it just since I've moved here in 2000, hearing your stories and what you remember of that day. know my my husband uh, sharing stories of that day and his family as well. Patrick called in at 4960063. Hi, Patrick. Thanks for waiting. Uh, good afternoon, my Jalen. So you were working that day? I was. It was the first, actually, the first season I worked for the city of Edmonton here as a refuge collector or garbage man. Yeah. Now, where and, were you um, working that day? I was. Uh, I was just outside the Kennedale Station here, where the LRT there is off of Fort Road, and I was just finishing up my first part of my beat. They give you a beat to do every every day. So um, I was. Uh, I was. I was just loading up all the stands and everything, and I was given a call. Around 11:30 or whatever it is, around that time to to go to to go out to the out to the out to the, um, out to the Evergreen Trail Park there. So um, I just finished up my my beat, and um, I was starting to head out there, and I noticed that the clouds were all green, and like to say the clouds were rolling, but the, the the temperature there that morning, that late morning, was so so humid it was it was hard to breathe. So as it was getting into the vehicle here, the truck to to go out to the Evergreen Trail. Park, it, um, its temperature really dropped. It got really, really cold, and then uh, it started to rain. And, and as it was driving out of the city down Manning Drive to 167 here, out to 19th Avenue there, at where the trailer park is, that the, the rain got so bad that I, I could barely even see. It. And of course, for a period of time, um, that the rain just stopped. It was like clicking on a switch, you know, a, a light bulb, and, and it stopped. I thought, oh, this is great. So then I can go out to the trailer park and do what I need to do. And, just as I was getting out the trailer park, uh, the trailer park had a real nice kind of a gate, and you went inside the gate, and there was like a little turnaround there if you, you wanted to turn around, whatever, and it was very well landscaped and everything, and then all of a sudden it started to rain again, and I thought, darn, I'm going to have to wait. So <laughs> I waited to the side a little bit, and the rain that was in the city was now out there. It was so bad, it was like I couldn't see the front of my truck, and, and I had windshield wipers going as as, 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 as hard as they could, could go, and they, they weren't keeping up, and then... Um, because I had only been onto the trailer park there that one time there, um, I wasn't sure what was going on. But now all of a sudden my truck was starting to kind of, kind of vibrate, and uh, and there was a sound, a wave in the distance, and it, it sounded like it was like almost like a train, mm-hmm. and it got louder and louder and louder. And as the wind came along, it um, because my truck is is fairly heavy duty truck here for the garbage truck, a big garbage truck, the side. The side door was starting to, to cavitate. It was starting to vibrate, and I thought, "My God, maybe I'm sitting on a train tracks or something." And the, the truck started banging back and forth and back and forth, and all of a sudden, it just kind of flipped on its side. Oh my gosh! So now I'm because the, the older the older trucks here they had sliding doors here. The, the darn door jammed half open, half closed, along with the side window. It was a sliding window. So now all of a sudden, all this rain is coming into the cab and it's filling up the cab. And 
the thing is, is that it got me kind of scared because I couldn't open up the door or anything, and, and it was just pouring rain. It was like someone had taken a fire hose and was just pouring it right into the truck. And um, this happened for about oh three to five minutes or whatever. Yeah. And and uh, and, the, and, the, and the loudness. I mean, it was just unbelievable loud. The the, the, the sound of the train. I thought it was a train. Was so close that I had to, I had to put my hands over my ears because at that time I didn't have any. Any earplugs, and I wish I had had him my earplugs at the time, but I didn't. And um, after about four or five minutes, it, everything all stopped, and and it cleared all off, and it got really hot again. But now I'm I'm sitting there stuck in this truck here. So <laughs> I got on my two way, and I told my foreman to, to come on out because I think I hit something or something hit me, and, and my truck's on my side. And he, he kind of said, "Well, where are you?" And I said, "I'm out where you told me to go out to, out to the Evergreen." And he said, "She said you're out there now," and so he. He, he, he got off the two-way and he came rushing out, but just before he came out, it took about 12, 15 minutes for him to get out to see me. And there was a fireman there. He was looking down at me and he said, are you all right? And I said, yeah, I'm kind of up to my waist in water here, but he says, um, I can't get out. So he used some kind of little metal kind of, almost like a scissor lock thing, and it broke the thing open and I was able to get out. But when I looked at the evergreen, it was just leveled and there was, there was, like someone said, pink insulation. It was all flying around in the air, and, and there was water spouts from all the all the all of ever, the, the uh, trailer, you know, the trailers and that. that were just leveled and everything. And he said, uh, you "Should uh, are, you, are you sure you're all right? Because there's a fire, fire uh, there's an ambulance right here." He says, "No, no, I'm good." And within a couple of minutes, my my foreman come out here, and he I jumped in the truck, and he said, "Are you all right?" And everyone, I said, "Yeah, I'm just fine." I says, "I said, I said this looks like a tornado hit." Yeah, the tornado did hit. But the strangest thing is, is that just before it did hit, it was that sound, that sound yeah. of, a, of a train. It was just unbelievably loud, and the electricity in the air was so strong that it actually raised all the hair on my arms and my neck and everything. It was just the most bizarre feeling I ever had. But Patrick, that was the closest I have. That's about 300 meters, and that's where I was. My <laughs> truck was on its side, and that's where it was. That's where all the devastation was. So about. Oh, 900,000 feet from me. That's wow. Where head. Pat- Patrick, do you ever wonder how you how you survive that? Uh, yes, I do. I had two angels, one on each shoulder. <laughs> that's, and that's a fact. It had to be that. Because, because I was so close. I mean, I was so close to the to the devastation, and yet I was everything was all right. Man, but it's obviously, I mean, that's something that you never forget. It's still as clear oh, as, as, it, as if it happened oh, yesterday. Wow. But it was amazing because, you know, the, the, the firemen were there really fast. They were there and the ambulances were there. I mean, everybody was there. It was like, it was like, it was just like, uh, like there, there was doctors out there. There was, law, uh, in fact, there was lawyers out there. There was, there was all kinds of people out there. There were, you know, they were taking care of everything that they could, but there was, so many people that there was a lineup of people just to just to, to either to see what was happening at the trailer park, or oh. there were just people that were trying to help. Yeah, it was. In fact, there was so many people that were trying to help that the police had to keep the people that wanted to help out. Away. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, Patrick. Thank you so much for for holding the line to to share your story and sharing your story like you just did. And oh, yeah. uh, hey, thanks to those two angels on your shoulders too. But my wife has a story too. 
Okay, she still to talk about that too. You know what? If you want to hold the line, hold the line, Patrick. I need to take a break for the uh, for the two thirty news. I'll get to your call if you want four nine six zero zero six three. Give us a shout. We'll continue talking right after this. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.